Blog Talk Radio. Hi there, I'm Mary Eileen Williams at Feisty Side of 50 Radio, and this show is a celebration of baby boomers who are embracing life as we grow older. But truth be told, we do face a number of challenges when it comes to planning for retirement and life in our golden years, and that's why today's show promises to be incredibly helpful. Sonia Edwards, our guest, is a broker and executive director of ESOP Realty, which is a subsidiary of Benjamin Rose Institute on Aging. And she is joining us today to share her thoughts on the critical importance of financial planning, especially when it comes to our housing as we grow older. Sonia, this is such an important topic, and I know this information is going to help a lot of people. So welcome to the show. Thank you, Eileen. Well, and I do have to start out, we had a chance to chat a little bit before we went on air, but you have been, according to the information I got, in real estate for about 25 years, but you have a unique take on it because you also do housing counseling and social case management, and your focus has mainly been on housing for older adults. So tell us a little bit about your background, and also I know you just came out with a fabulous article that was published in both Next Avenue and Market Watch. So tell us a little bit about how you developed your area of expertise. Absolutely. Thank you again. So I've been in real estate for over 25 years, as you said. My husband and I owned a small real estate company before the housing crisis of 2008. And when the market did crash, um, one of us had to get a job. And I always say I I drew the short straw, but um, I don't believe that at all. I'm actually very fortunate um, that I've had the experiences that I've had. So in looking for a job that could keep me in housing, um, I came across an opportunity to do foreclosure prevention counseling with Empowering and Strengthening Ohio's People, um, which, as you said, is, is ESOP. And so I was able to um, enter my career with ESOP as a foreclosure counselor. And my husband kept our small real estate company going. And so we, um, you know, I worked through the foreclosure crisis, and we started to really look at our data. And we had helped um, over 50,000 residents save their homes from foreclosure all across Ohio. We had offices and helped all 88 counties in Ohio. But our data really scared us because no matter where we were in the state, at least 40% of the folks that we were helping save their homes were over the age of 55. And so we said we really need to do something that's a little more proactive. And so we held some listening tables with older adults just to ask what they needed to help age in place, what were the topics that were important to them. And out of that, we developed our Senior Financial Empowerment Initiative, and I was offered the opportunity to lead that initiative. And so that really um, shifted my focus into older adults, and that was in 2013. At the same time, as we were really looking at ways to get more proactive instead of just reactive in our foreclosure work, we were also developing homebuyer education classes and things to help homeowners with on the front end. And we were preparing homeowners to get ready um, to go out and purchase, and we were telling them 70000 is where you should be, and they would go out and get pre-approved, and they were purchasing $120,000 and coming back in trouble again. And so at that time, our executive director and I said, you know, what can we do to prevent that? And we, we wondered, is there anyone doing a nonprofit real estate model? And that gave us an opportunity to look around. We found four others in the nation, and we worked with an agency in San Diego who helped us 
stand up our nonprofit real estate agency, ESOP Realty, which is currently doing business as um, Branches Real Estate for Social Good. We just changed the name, so if you see our signs, it does look a little bit different now. So we were the first nonprofit real estate agency in Ohio. And so our work in the senior world, I kept doing that and was doing the real estate a little bit. Um, I was running the, the programs, but it, our focus was really on developing the older adult programming. In 2017, we merged with the Benjamin Rose Institute on Aging, and now both agencies are subsidiaries of the Benjamin Rose Institute on Aging and continue to just grow and develop our knowledge around older adults. And so I developed all of our programming for the older adults, and then in last year I was able to really focus on the real estate piece. So take what I had learned in our other programming, use them as wraparound services to really now um, develop out our real estate services. So that's what I'm doing now. I'm back full-time into real estate, bringing the other pieces and parts of my career together. And so we do things like an aging in place, know your housing options workshop, which is you know kind of what we'll talk about today and how we use that to help create an aging in place plan and a transition plan if need be. Jeez, this is, I mean, Sonia, this is a calling. I mean, I am so appreciative. As I said, I'm a first wave boomer. I am one of your, your potential clients. And, I, you know, this is, I mean, such a needed service, and it's got to make you, you know, not only are you doing the business side and helping people with that, but it's also got to be heartwarming for you, too. It's extremely heartwarming. It's very fulfilling. And though I'm not quite a baby boomer, I have had to go through much of this experience on my own as my husband has developed some serious medical issues. And so some of the things that I teach and that I've learned, I've learned firsthand um, through my own experiences. Wow. Well, Sonia, I I do want to say, too, the title of your amazing piece uh, that, again, was picked up by both Next Avenue and Market Watch is called Aging in Place Can Be Cost-Effective But Requires Good Financial Planning. So let's move on to get some of those fabulous tips I know you're going to share for, with us today. So uh, how would you even begin to start a plan? I always ask people to start with this one question of asking yourself, what does home mean to you? And the reason I ask that, and I ask it in all of our classes, is the answers I usually get are things like comfort, security, love. Common theme there is home is a feeling. It's not a place, right? I think the the first starting place is understanding that it's not the four walls that surround us, and wherever our aging in place plan takes us, home will go with us and keeping an open mind. And then from there, we get into the nitty-gritty, right? We have to assess our current home. Is it safe? Is it accessible? And is it affordable? And what about the future? Is there a bathroom and a bedroom on the first floor? So things that you might think are little details and you might think you have it all figured out could become big issues later. So I shared briefly, you know, that a lot of this I've learned through my own experience. My husband and I both being in real estate, we sold ourselves this home that we're in. And we thought for sure this was our forever home. It had everything we needed. We knew then my husband was starting to have some health problems. One-story ranch to get in the front door, not a big deal with a cane. 
still can be navigated with a walker, but impassable in a wheelchair. It cost us $4,000 to install a ramp. So our one-story home that we thought was going to handle our needs as our health and age progressed did not. We have a huge hallway. I thought this is amazing. Any wheelchair could turn 360 degrees in here, and we could all day long, but we can't get through any of the doorways. The doorways are all too narrow for any wheelchair to get through. And again, we sold ourselves this thinking this was going to meet all of our needs. One-story home, we finally could get into the house with the wheelchair. We can get into the hallway, can't get into the kitchen. And by the way, one step down to our living room. I say all that to say this ranch that we thought was going to meet all of our needs had to have doorways widened, bathroom remodeled, side and outside, all of that coming up to around $20,000. So really looking at is it accessible, is it safe, right? Those are the keys. And um, we have a, a free workshop that anyone can join virtually that will help give a little bit more detail and actually some worksheets and some tips on how to do that assessment, or we're happy to come alongside you and do that kind of assessment. So I think, you know, talking finances, right? Just so that costs $20,000. How do you make that happen? Right? Yeah. How do you figure out that financial piece? That's that's the trick, right? If we all had all the money that we needed, we could age anywhere we wanted to. We could do anything we wanted to. But it always comes back to how much money is there to do it. And can you afford things like the taxes and the insurance and the upkeep? And, you know, aging in place is all around bringing the services to your home that you're going to need, things like lawn care, you know, home health aid or housekeeping. And so we'll talk a minute about some of those options, but I want to bring one more thing up. When you're looking at your current residence, I think this will resonate with all of us, no matter what our age is right now, is isolation. Is are we isolated and will will we be isolated? Um, We've learned a lot over this last year about isolation because of the pandemic. But one thing I don't know I didn't know until I read a research um, report is that being isolated has the same effect on our bodies as smoking a pack of cigarettes a day. So that's wow. how important it is to include preventing isolation in that plan. And so it's real, right? It's real. I think we all kind of felt it, but did we realize what we were doing to our bodies? Right. Oh, my gosh, Sonia, well, you bring up some really important points. And, two, I, I will just add to that because a lot of us uh, women my age, we're now widows. And, you know, that's under that, all of a sudden you can really feel isolated. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and I, I share with people, too, my husband, um, we have struggled with just trying to figure out how to get him in and out of the house for a long time and, um we have the ramp issue solved, but we don't have a vehicle issue solved. You can't transfer into a vehicle. So unless we can get public transportation with wheelchair accessibility, we rarely go anywhere. Uh-huh. He has not been able to do things like go to church that he absolutely loved. And so in a time when our world became isolated, he actually became connected because the churches all went to, you know, live streaming services. And so many folks have figured out how to become connected during the pandemic. 
that I hope we don't lose some of that because I've watched him and many others um, become connected in a time when the rest of us were disconnecting. And so I think it's important, you know, to think about that. Oh, gee, Sonia. And thank you so much for sharing your personal, you know, your the struggles that you and your husband have shared because I think that's so important and people, you know, on one way or another can relate to these kinds of things. And it is important, and, you know, the thing like the fact that your living room is one step down, you don't think of those till, you know, like you say, you have a real realization that, you know, so thinking ahead of time and planning for 10, 15, 20 years in the future, you know, is a really good idea. One of the things I wanted to bring up, and I hope I'm not, you know, throwing you off your train of thought, but I, you know, there's so many commercial pieces on, you know, reverse mortgages and things. What do you think about those? So reverse mortgages, it usually is the question that I'm asked. (laughs) And so I think they can be viable, right? I think there are times when they make sense. Um, here's the thing, they have to perfectly align with the stars, and that very seldom happens. Um, they, have, they are costly. They're more expensive than, say, a home equity loan or a home equity line of credit. And honestly, you can usually accomplish the same thing with, an, with a line of credit or an equity loan. If you took out an equity loan and we're able to, you know, recoup all of that and not have all those high costs that it costs with a reverse mortgage and maybe put the money into an annuity that paid you monthly, you would make your equity stretch a lot further. Um, The same thing with a line of credit. Maybe you just need to set up a line of credit that you can access as you need it rather than that permanent reverse mortgage because the cost part of what they charge you for that reverse mortgage is, you know, really um, high. You lose a lot of equity in a reverse mortgage. You'll hear things like reverse mortgages are scams. They're not really scams, but they are expensive. Um, And you want to make sure that if you do a reverse mortgage, you want to do what's called a home equity conversion mortgage. You'll hear people say a HECM. So similar to an FHA loan, that I think most of us know what an FHA loan is, it's backed by the Department of HUD. A HECM reverse mortgage is an FHA reverse mortgage. So that means it also comes with the guidelines and protections of HUD. And so that's why if you're going to look at a reverse mortgage, you certainly look at a HECM. Um, and there's so much to know if I had to say anything about reverse mortgages is that you should explore all your options before making a decision. They do require that you have housing counseling with a HUD certified housing counselor, but you may want to to do that before you even consider really reverse mortgage. Like don't go strictly into reverse mortgage counseling. Go to a housing counselor first that can say these are all of your options and then if you need the reverse mortgage counseling, that's a separate um, type of counseling and an additional person who would counsel you. But I think that's first step would be, what are all of my options? Because options give us power. And when we have control over making decisions and we know we have more than one option, that's power. And so get those options, know those options, and don't do anything without really talking with someone that can help you. Because it's it's complicated even for those of us that are professionals. And so just a lay person trying to to go through that on their own, I would never recommend that. Um, ESOP has um, 10 certified, 10 HUD certified housing counselors, 
And you can go to hud.gov, hud.gov backslash find a counselor to find a free HUD housing counselor anywhere near you. And I would strongly recommend that if you're looking at um, any kind of mortgage option. And then the last thing on mortgages before we go on is mortgages always have to be paid back. And so make sure you have a good plan to pay that back before you jump into anything. Oh, Sonia, I knew this was going to be a valuable conversation, but this is exceeding my expectations. Thank you so much. I mean, this is such important information. And also you mentioned, uh, and I want to mention it again at the end, but you said there is a free workshop that uh, the listeners can access. How How do they do that? So I can actually give you the information to call our office and register with Bridget, but it's 216-373-1789, or you can go to esopcleveland.org, and there's more about that free free workshop on the website. Oh, my gosh. Well, thank you. I I do want to repeat that at the end of the show. And I know I've already taken up a lot of your time, so I don't want to chat, chit-chat my side too much because this is really <laughs> important. Another thing I, I want to ask you about is I'm in California, <clears throat> excuse me, and the housing prices are incredible right now. So what are the current market conditions how would that be affecting maybe a move or a transition or what are your thoughts on that and the older adult market that's a great question and i really don't think it matters where you are right now i think the housing market is the same as far as there's just not enough housing units there was a report in june by the rosin consulting group that published on behalf of the national association of realtors that there's a 6.8 million housing unit gap in the United States right now. And so put that in comparison to now trying to find housing for older adults in terms of options, affordability, and accessibility, and it almost becomes a needle in a haystack. It's really, really hard. Um, my hope, honestly, is that there's – there'll be some voices that will push forward changes in residential building codes because in order to fill the 6.8 million housing gap, we're going to have to build 680,000 new houses a year for 10 years. And wouldn't it be amazing if those 680,000 homes each year had some form of universal design features, if they all had wide hallways and doorways, if they all had at least one zero entry, you know, no step entry into the home at one place or another and had an opportunity for a bedroom on the first floor and a bathroom on the first floor, it would change our future generations of being able to age in place. There's just not enough housing units out there. And I hope that we see some some advocacy around really pushing that. we teach a new construction class, and in that class, I advise everyone. I don't care if you're 20, 40, or 60. Put universal design features in that home, if not for you, the next homeowner, because you don't know. You know, sometimes we think, oh, we're, we're in our 20s. We're great. But then you have an accident, and you, re- you have to have surgery, and that recovery time, you realize what it's like to have to get up those steps. 
they're doing some really neat things right now with like retractable walls where they're putting things like dens on the first floor that have a retractable wall that can be closed and made into a bedroom by just pulling the wall. Um, So there's some really great things on the horizon, but I think we have to all do our part about educating the young people who we know are building or are looking for housing to advocate and to, to get those features put in now before it's, before it's too late. We're in a, we're in a once in a lifetime opportunity to build this many new houses within a few years and we need to do it right. Oh my gosh, Sonia! I wish you could. I wish you could take over the entire building industry for this country because, boy, your ideas are important. Uh, but the other thing that sometimes, like you know, you were talking about home. What is it? And it's a feeling. I really like that because sometimes we just, you know, some people are very, very attached to the structure of the home and where they were, and you know, and I get that. But sometimes we do have to move. So, what are some signs that we need to really accept as okay? I can no longer live in this particular place so things like the financial piece that you can't change if it truly just becomes unaffordable as you mentioned earlier you know there's a lot of people who are now relying on one income and it's just not affordable and so that's one time when we would strongly recommend that they explore transitioning and the other is if you are isolated or you can't access the services that you need. I, I helped a lady here not too long ago, sweetest ladies, retired school teacher, lived in her house for over 50 years. Her husband passed away about five years ago. And she just tried to hold on to this house. And um, she was really delinquent on her taxes and really struggling. And she was only using the downstairs of this humongous house and really only a corner of this downstairs. And she was constantly worried. And so we work together. And, and when I help someone transition, I always make sure I know where they're going before we even really talk sale of their home. Um, let's get someone where, they're, especially in this market, you've got to figure that piece out. And so we, ha- we found her. Her word, by the way, was independence. That was her, her word for home. That's what home meant to her was independence. We found her a beautiful, almost brand-new apartment that she was able to move into and we got her home sold and she has a little bit of money in her pocket now she's in this apartment and she said she is so happy she said independent begin to describe the freedom that she has of not stressing about those taxes the upkeep not even knowing what's going on in the upstairs of her house she said i can walk to my favorite shopping center i get to go she said, I get to go to the casino sometimes with the girls. Oh, my gosh. So that's, and I hate to cut this short. We've only got a couple minutes left. I do have one more question for you, but I could listen sure. to you chat and your wonderful stories all day long. But I do want to let our listeners know, too, you do have some options that for uh that are available should you know should you not be able to afford your own apartment or things like that so tell us a little bit about some of the co-housing and shared housing that are uh, options that are available now absolutely so co-housing is um, fairly new um, to our area in ohio but places like california it's not so new and that's where you have your individual dwelling you have your own 
usually it's a freestanding home, but sometimes they are attached. But then there's a shared community and usually a shared home that has a very large space for a large kitchen and maybe a large dining room and an entertainment room where the community can prepare and share meals together. They often share things like lawn equipment and tools, but then they have their own kitchens and things in their home too. So it's kind of, you know, what do I feel like today? Do I want to have chili down at the community center or do I just want to heat up the leftovers from last night here at home? So it gives some options, saves some money, and it shares resources, and they become a true community where, you know, you've got – some of our older adults who are mentoring some of the younger children and you know, we've got single moms who are getting the help maybe from, you know, the dad down the road that is, is helping the other families with, you know, teaching the, the boys to throw in football or maybe doing some repairs, those kind of things. So it's true community back how it used to be, but they're now calling it co-housing. That's how I like to explain it. Wow. Um, shared housing is Golden Girls, right? <laughs> I have, I have yes, that's a, and you've also so got, I know there's a website, Baby Boomer Roommates, RoommatesForBoomers.com. Yes, and then SilverNest.com. And if you think of like our dating sites, that's kind of what these are. They're matchmaking sites for roommates. And so the, the Roommates for Boomers is only for women over the age of 50. SilverNest.com is for anyone. So whether you are someone who is looking for a roommate or you're someone who's looking to room with someone else, these kind of sites, you can go on and make a profile. They don't share your personal information until you truly match up and then want to have that conversation with someone, but they will try to match. And then there's some college communities who are also matching um, older adults to graduate students as roommates where they can both help one another, that graduate student can have a place to study and quiet, but also be there to help with things around the house and just a companion, in all honesty, um, for some folks. Sonia, this is so helpful, and I'm sorry, I'm kind of interrupting because we are at the end of the show, but I just want to say this has been incredibly helpful. Your information is valuable, and your insights and expertise are really showing. So please, before we have to hop, Sonia, please give those that phone number again and some other information where people can find out more about what you have to share. Absolutely. So the phone number again is 216-373. 1789 and then websites you can go to www.esop-cleveland.org or you can go to benrose b-e-n-r-o-s-e.org and both of those websites will connect back to each other and give you some of our other services as well. Well, Sonia, and then I do want to make sure that people know, again, that article that was in Next Avenue and Market Watch, Aging in Place can be cost-effective but requires good financial planning. And you have shared some amazing information with us today. Thank you so much, Sonia. Thank you, Eileen. It's been a pleasure. Well, and for all of you boomers out there, really, this is valuable information. Take a look at it. Follow Sonia's suggestions. Get in touch with her uh, if you want. Uh, read her article because this is the information that's going to help you enjoy your golden years, and we all want to do that. And while you're at it, don't forget to go out there and show the world just how feisty a woman or a man, gentleman over 50 can be. So until next time, this is Mary Eileen Williams at Feisty Side of 50 Radio. Say, and I'll catch you later. Bye-bye.